Hey guys, before we dive deep in today's episode, I want to let you know that we are streaming all of these episodes live every single week in our Facebook group. We're giving away all of our best tips and tricks and answering all of your questions live in the group. So if you haven't already had a chance to check us out, I suggest you do so. I'll drop the link in the description of this episode for you. Click on that guy when you're ready to join the fun. See you guys on the other side. Why is it that some chiropractors go on to help tens of thousands of patients and become wildly profitable while others struggle to stay busy on a day-to-day basis? We've dedicated this entire show to interviewing some of the top chiropractic minds on the planet and examining the exact strategies that they have used to scale their businesses to the next level. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode of Chiropractic Marketing Secrets. All right, what's going on, guys? We are live with another interview in Chiropractic Marketing Secrets. Today, I'm with Dr. Casey, and I actually reached out to Dr. Casey because I found her on Instagram, and I was really intrigued by what she was doing on there. So I wanted to reach out to her and see if she would take some of the time, which clearly she has, to talk about what she's done um, with some of her social media channels, but most notably her Instagram, and kind of talk about how she has grown that from about 1,000 followers to about 20,000 followers in the matter of about a calendar year. So we're going to be diving into that, but I want to just say thank you for joining us, Dr. Casey. I appreciate you taking the time. And uh, yeah, why don't we start off Ralph, right away and just kind of talk about like, how did you even get into chiropractic? What made you want to become a chiropractor? Well, kind of the short story was I always loved like health and fitness and I was always into that, but I thought I was going to be um, a chemistry teacher because I got my degree in chemistry. But when I got into college, I realized there's so much more to that science field like you can do so many things so I actually became a personal trainer in college and that was really kind of sparked my interest in helping people um so I was like pre-med and on that track I actually kind of realized I changed my mind I didn't want to be um in going into med school about my senior year of college I changed and I realized I've been seeing a chiropractor since I was 14 it's helped me so much and I want to help people in a more like wellness-based and preventative-based versus kind of sick care. So that's kind of what happened. And then I became a chiropractor. <laughs> Interesting. So when you were, when you were, you saw, you said you've been seeing a chiropractor since you were 14. Did you see, mm-hmm. a, is there any particular reason you saw a chiropractor that age? Did you have an yes. injury or, yeah? Yeah, I was in a car accident and my mom was okay. going to that chiropractor for other issues. So she brought me there. I was having headaches and he helped me a lot. And so I just always saw him over the years, it was just like a thing that our family did. Like, you know, it wasn't even a question, like when you come home from school, like you're going to go see the chiropractor. Interesting. So it was just part of like the integrated, like family medicine. That's legit. Mm-hmm. Would you, um, when you first started like going to see the chiropractor when you were younger, was it something that like you were like, do you, I don't know if you even remember this far, obviously, but were you nervous to go see the chiropractor or it was just like super smooth? No, I definitely think I do remember that I didn't let him adjust my neck the first time I saw him. Oh, yeah, okay. But then I did, and I felt more comfortable, and then I, like, loved going to the chiropractor. It was the best. But, yeah, yeah, I do remember the first visit. I think I was a little bit hesitant about my neck, but after that, I was fine. Interesting. So on your on your road to this is a question I just like to ask right away because I think it just creates good conversation is on the road to becoming the chiropractor that you are now to where you are now. What would you say has been like your biggest like obstacle in your career in terms of like becoming a chiropractor, maybe some injuries that you overcame? Like what would you say that obstacle was? Becoming a chiropractor, I think like after getting my license, it was my obstacle was like patients not seeing me as a doctor because either I look too young 
or I'm a female mm. or I'm small or I'm tiny and I can't do it because I'm not yeah. strong enough. So like mm-hmm. overcoming all of those and just like proving that I'm not that stereotype, you know, showing my confidence and that you don't have to be a certain height or weight or you don't have to be male or female, you know, to do a certain thing. Right. So just kind of coming over those like unjustified beliefs that people might have. And it's funny because I think that a lot of people have some of those same unjustified beliefs about just chiropractic in general, you know, until they go and actually get the results, you know, until I went and saw a chiropractor, you know, I suffered from a really bad back from just playing way too many video games as a kid and probably Mm -hmm. having terrible posture. So then that kind of led to a series of things in 2016, 2017. But like until you actually go, you know, you don't actually know like the magic that can happen with chiropractic. Totally. And it's still even to this day, like people have never seen chiropractors. So it's just about still educating people constantly on the importance. And but there's also so many different kinds of chiropractors, too, and different techniques. So that's also something I think that's like an obstacle as well. That's true. Are you, um, do you consider yourself, are you like a, a specialized chiropractor? Do you have one specific like niche that you focus on? Or are you kind of more like broad would, or how do you? I would say I'm like a rehab based chiropractor, but I do okay. like hopefully change those people's mindsets into seeing like how chiropractic is not just for injuries, but preventative as well. Right. It's just, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think most people don't even know that too. I think, I think majority of people, I mean, I was part of the statistic. I think majority of people start to go see the chiropractor because they're experiencing some, something negative. You know, I don't think that a whole lot of people are like, oh, it's, it's time to kind of just start going to get regularly adjusted. Like, I wish there was more people like that. You know, that's what we're going to advocate for. But like at the same time, I think most people end up going to because they're experiencing some sort of like pain or trauma or post auto injury, whatever it is, you know, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's very it's, rare that someone comes in and like, I want to just take care of my body. Right, right, right. Exactly. And that's like, what's well, like, why, why is that so weird though? It's like, why are people, uh, I don't know. I guess it's one of those things too, where it's the same with like the food choices everybody makes. It's like, why are we choosing to, to eat like garbage, you know, like whatever it is. Well, I think it's about like priorities too. I that's mean, true. people have time priorities, financial priorities, th- those all play into a part too. That's true. Very, very true. And I think a lot of it's just like to like we talked about just, you know, briefly, it's just to like not being educated on what can happen, you know, going to see a chiropractor and how your whole body functions as one whole thing, you know? Yeah. Interesting. And, and with social media, too, it's like a good and bad thing because people see the negative sides of things, too. They don't see only the positive. So and That's they true. can pick and choose what they think is, you know, chiropractic, what isn't chiropractic. Right. Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, one thing that we all know is that the people that are, you know, have the per se negative opinions or the potentially, the, I guess we could say the negative opinions, they tend to have the louder mouths on social media, too, a lot of the time. So that if something negative comes out, they're going to be the first to comment. But the, if something positive comes out, they're just going to kind of let it slide, you know. So it's like right. it's unfortunate in the world of social media, but it's like sometimes the negativity almost like speaks louder. So you just got to kind of like just continue what you're doing, which is honestly kind of a good segue into kind of like talking about what you're doing on your Instagram channel and all your other social media channels. So talk about, um, tell me about why, um, obviously you're pretty big on Instagram. So what got you like started on Instagram and what drew you to starting to become like a creator on Instagram regularly? So before I started, I kind of, I tried to do it on my own. It's obviously very time consuming. It's like Mm -hmm. another job. And I, Really, it was because a lot of patients always asked me, 
can you show me this exercise or like, can you send me the video? And I realized, wait, I show them in the office. Why don't I just like film these videos mm-hmm. for them? Because I'm the one showing them versus trying to find someone else that's doing it. And maybe I don't like every single way they did it, or there's one that they did that I don't want to show them yet. So that's what kind of made me want to start doing that was mostly because my patients were asking for the actual video. Interesting. Yeah. And I've or noticed that. In my Go ahead. Too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got you. Interesting. Yeah. And I've noticed, um, and this is something that I kind of want to dive in deep on is that I think you do a really, really good job of providing consistent and quality educational like material. You know, that's what I've noticed by looking at your page. It's very, you're consistent, but it goes like above and beyond, you know, like it's very well-spoken, it's really nicely laid out. I mean, it's just good video quality, right? And I think that um, one thing that we just, when you know this too, just through doing social media is that, you know, there's uh, so many types of content, right? But then educational and informative, entertaining, you know, I think you do a good job of kind of mixing all those together, which I think is why you have amassed like the following that you have, right? Thank you. Um, I never like really thought that that would come. I just thought, oh, this is a great way to have videos up like kind of like a library so people can I can like send them links to this. I didn't really think, oh, what do I really want from Instagram? Right. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to like have followers. Maybe that then I started thinking having more followers will mean, oh, people will think I, you know, am have all this experience or this expertise that they're going to want to come see me in my office. So that was like the other part, I guess, like really building a brand, which I Mm -hmm. never really did. Um, And so that's what kind of also led me to do Instagram was Mm -hmm. it was another way to help build my brand other than just like Facebook. Cause there's Facebook is a lot, but I feel like Instagram has changed social media. Oh, for sure. And I think that there's still, you know, unless you're, you know, 13 to 19 or 25 years or whatever it is, and you're creating on TikTok, you know, which is that new, obviously, thing. But like, I still think that like Instagram and Facebook are always going to have like that, at least for now. I mean, it's going to have that really like core kind of audience, you know, I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, it's Instagram is such like a visual platform. And so that's why I think why, um, you know, chiropractors in general, but a lot of like, um, businesses like chiropractic gravitate towards the platform is because you can show everybody what you're doing and it, it's just it's really consumable to, for lack of a better term right. you know and when you say visual but, when you say mm-hmm. visual I didn't realize that too like people want when they look at a page for it to flow and they want it mm. to look the same and not like look all out of whack or all out of order and that's what brings people to and then they'll start scrolling through your page versus right. if kind of a video with no words and then a picture and then it has to kind of have um, a theme, I guess. Right. No, I completely agree. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that too is this like yours is very cohesive. And to me, a long time to realize the cohesiveness is important too for a page. Um, But what's nice about that too is when it is cohesive, people start to like consume the actual content at a much like deeper level. So instead of like scrolling, looking at some photo because it has the beautiful sunset in the background and on the blue water ocean or whatever, they're going to click on that photo because it looks good. Right. But for you, it's like, you're going to, you're trying to get people to actually consume what you're saying and what you're teaching. Right. So then for you, it's like, you keep that cohesiveness and then it kind of just forces people to actually like, okay, like what are all these videos? Like what's she actually teaching in here? Right. That's something that I noticed on your page as well. Interesting. So 
what do you what do you think? Uh, this is a question because I like to try and talk about um, something like actionable. So if another chiropractor was listening to this, they would like have some actionable stuff, right? So in terms of like creating on a daily basis, um, what does that process kind of look like for you, and how much time are you investing in the creative process? Well, definitely, when I first started, it was a lot more because we had to, you know, pick a theme. We had to pick the layout and the font and like what it would look like and how we want to lay out each video and what we're going to do each month, like how many times a week. And definitely, which I know a lot of people do is prepping for the month. Like mm-hmm. it saves you so much time and making sure you just have the month already prepped beforehand is amazing. And it already like, and you can already um, schedule like the timing, just like kind of in YouTube, I guess too. Um, mm-hmm. So that helps, but just videoing a bunch of videos, maybe once a month or every other month. So it's like, you really don't need to do that many days to create a lot of content because Instagram is not that much time. You know, you don't need to do that mu- that long because mm-hmm. people don't want to watch something that long. Right. I know some people like IGTV, but most people who look, uh, post about post IGTV really like to see it on YouTube. So I do both. Okay. Interesting. So um, you pretty, you pretty prominent on YouTube too? I just started this year. This is like okay. Past oh, no kidding. So that's nice. Because um, I thought um, people really like the Instagram. What if I make the videos longer? And some people do really like the IGTV. So I thought I could just share them on both platforms. But majority of people like that quick, like 30 second, one minute video. They can just look at that movement real quick versus on YouTube, you're going to have to like scroll through. But some people like that too. So I'm just trying to open up to more oh. more people. Right. It's kind of like tailored to like all of your audience for sure. And yeah, I think that's smart. And I think it's also smart to your point too, to just kind of have those, you know, for anybody creating who's listening on Instagram, it's just to kind of like take your approach and do that kind of like shorter shorter content anywhere between, you know, 30 and 60 seconds in length, 60 being the max, obviously. Um, but then being, it's just like, if you can make it like more consumable. I think people like will start coming back for more, you know? And so it's one of those things where it's like, I can go like years and years an example. I can go on your page and I can get some value in 60 seconds and I can come back the next day and I can get some value in 60 seconds, you know? So like once you do it repeatedly and you do it well, then people start to yeah. show up more often. Right. Yeah. And like, I never thought like it would be that fast of a growth and how much engagement there would be. Um, and that people really like saw the value in these videos because also you think other people are doing this already. So like, why will you be different? Like why right. are people come to you? Mm-hmm. But then you think, but then after realizing there's so many people out there, people right. like things. So some people yep. will like for stuff. hundred percent. And see, and I talk about that all the time is the abundance over the scarcity, right? It's like, okay, yeah. there's, I'm one of the, you know, 20,000 people that follow you, but I also follow a thousand other people, right? So it's just like, okay, like somebody that has, you know, that someone who's, you know, potentially bigger than me and you are obviously might have a ton of followers, but that doesn't mean that these same people that follow them can't follow us, right? right. So there's just like so, there's just like so much out there. And the reality is, it's like, it's like, you don't need everybody. You don't need the 10 million follower audience. So you don't need that to like live, like live a good life and, and more importantly, impact a lot of people, you know? It's like yeah. all you really need to do is just generate this like basically like cohesive cohesive group of people that are like your raving fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. How is, then, how is like, a, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say like for each video, um, 
I noticed that it helps to have a title in the video mm. about like what it is, but also even just like the wording of the title is so important. We like, cause we played around with different titles, like my hip mobility drill, or like, this is going to help this exact fit, like injury, or like, this is what I do in the office. Like all of those actually are super important. For sure. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's funny because like in the marketing realm, it's like, you want to be like clear enough, but yet draw enough like curiosity in the video title as well, you know? So yeah. it's like, what can, what can we put into your point, experiment with, you know, that's what I think everybody should be doing is experimenting a lot with the content they create, but it's like, what can we put that's going to be like, very clear and you're gonna have a little bit of direction where we're going but it's still gonna be like okay like what's gonna unfold in this video like what what am i gonna learn like what's she gonna talk about you know yeah definitely and then um we've also played with just putting the content below but then also putting the words into the video as well mm. like saying, okay this is like basically sometimes because i'm not talking in the videos i'm just showing the movement so saying this is what this is doing so I've seen kind of both like helps doesn't help just depends on like what people like. Yeah. That's sometimes interesting. Like the words in the video. Sometimes they'll just read the caption. I've done both on Instagram. So I think it just depends on the person. So sometimes it's nice to have like a mixture of both. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And to your point earlier, just be constantly like testing new stuff, you know, and figuring out what people react to and you know, what mm -hmm. feels natural for you as the creator too. Yeah. I think that's really smart. How much time would you say that you have to spend like engaging with your audience on like a weekly basis? Um, we do about 30 minutes to an hour, I think a week. Okay. That's pretty solid. Not that, not that much. No, that's actually not that much. But like, if you think about it, it doesn't take that long to like click on a like and like comment on a picture. So you could do a lot in 30 minutes. Yeah, no, for sure. Is you, would you say that like that, that time also equates to like you responding to all like your engagement on your post too? Is that what you were kind of referencing? Uh, no, like answering DMs and like answering Oh, questions. okay. Right, yeah. yeah. Okay, for sure. How much time would you say that you have to spend like answering and replying to like your own comments? I think that I'm constantly on it. So it's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. I would say every day, but it's only like minutes here or minutes there. So sure. I'm constantly checking it every day. Interesting. Which is I, uh, <laughs> right. Sometimes it can get like a little intense for sure. I, I, um, the only place I've ever really like created a lot was on LinkedIn, weirdly enough. I made a lot of videos on there, but like it can get like time consuming replying to everybody. And like, it's one of those things like I'm a big, like I actually just taught like, uh, in the group, I taught like a little section on like social media, like growth and just, just some overarching strategies. And obviously one of the ones I talked heavy about was just like, actually spending the time to like engage with people that engage with you, you know? So like my whole thought was that like, okay, if you don't, you're not going to go, you're not going to go in the street and tell somebody a story. And then before they even responded, you walk away. That's what like engage, not engaging is to me, you know, like you're telling somebody a story, but then they're responding back and you're not, you know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like there's some people that just like do it for the likes, you know? Engagement is so important. Like if I just posted the videos and didn't, engage with the comments or like even just engage on other people's pages like you probably wouldn't get any other engagement or any other followers like thousand percent isn't doing anything right and it's like why should i exactly and people notice that they're like why why should i comment on dr casey stuff she's not going to even respond anyway i already saw she didn't respond to everybody else why is she going to you know what i mean so, but if you set that cadence 
of like actually responding and people start actually like asking real questions and then now right. you can dig deep, you know? Yeah, totally. that's smart. I like that. I like that. So in terms of, um, let's see if I have any more, I don't know if I have any more direct content uh, questions for you here. So in terms of like, this is going to be some more like general business, um, just marketing kind of things, everything you've done over the past. Um, what has been, the most like effective way for you to get just new patients in your door. You know, I've heard some people say speaking, some people said social media. What do you think has been most effective for like you? Um, well, I feel like I have tried a lot. I've done, you know, the health fairs. I've done the farmer's markets. I've done, I've spoke at a couple events, um, but I would say majority is online marketing. Like there's nothing like it. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram has been amazing. Um, and then also Yelp is really good. Oh, okay. And, and even cool. Google too. If you have enough like Google reviews and Yelp reviews, that's where people look too. Thousand percent. They don't look on Instagram. Yeah, for sure. And if and that's this thing too is like that's why I, I encourage so many people to go and just up their Google reviews. I mean if you have a list, if anybody's listening, I'm saying this for people listening obviously because you're already talking about it, but like if you have a list of five hundred patients in the past or four hundred patients, whatever the list is, okay, then send out a message to them and just say, hey would you mind taking the time to give me a Google review? If you enjoyed your experience, would you mind sharing your experience? Because to your point, that is so huge. I mean, before I do anything, I go and check the Google review. I mean, if I'm building, you know, building a home, going to the gym, doing whatever, going to the, going to a restaurant, I'm going to go and look at the Google reviews, you know? So I love that you bring that up actually. Yeah. It's so important. Like I get so many new patients from Yelp and Google every month. That's correct. That's crazy. Do you, have you spent a lot of time, this is kind of actually a, a leading question. Have you spent a lot of time on like your organic, like SEO on your like website or anything like that? So we have, we have help for that too. Um, I don't know that much about it yet. I'm like still mm -hmm. trying to learn. I know for certain, so we, I have four locations, um, but oh, nice. One of them we just opened up this past summer has been kind of difficult with the SEO because it's the newest one. And based on the location, like the name of the location, Brentwood is actually, there's a Brentwood in Northern California. So you can't really oh, say yeah. Brentwood. You have to say Los Angeles and Los Angeles is like the worst SEO you can have. Cause it's so oh, funny. I bet. I bet. So I bet that's crazy. Been, yeah. So yeah. That's been issue, um, is like the word Los Angeles and mm -hmm. SEO is, I would say is the most expensive thing. It's it is. Thing. I don't. I don't I understand. Know, like, like if you do it right and you have a good location, like it can be amazing. But mm -hmm. definitely, like where you are, sometimes doesn't help. For sure. Len, to your point, like Los Angeles, New York, like those are going to be some tough cities. I mean, it's, a, it's really just like obviously, obviously, it just comes down to the, like the amount of competition. In which case, in Los Angeles, like. I don't know where you're going to find more competition. Maybe Tokyo, maybe, maybe New York, you know, but like other than that, it's like, you're going to be doing a little comp, a little competing for that top spot out there. Oh, totally. So, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. To, I don't really, I don't really focus on a whole lot of SEO. Um, that's so, so I actually asked you that to like, see what your thoughts were. We don't focus a whole lot on SEO either. It's definitely one of the most, like, there's so many like different complexities to it. You know, you got like the on page and the off page, you know, we do a little yeah. off page, but not a whole lot. So it's just like interesting to like see kind of like how people are like approaching it, which is why I asked you actually. Yeah. And like sometimes domain names have like a big factor too. Mm. Um, one of our offices domain names is like does so well. It's always number one. Nice. It's been there for so long. So 
that's why it's like hard with new offices, like really building it up. It does really take time, even though it's within the same brand. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That makes a lot of sense. And to your point, it's just so heavily just based on where the business is at, you know? Interesting. So what do you do is another question kind of just in terms of like business structure. Um, what do you, and this is, I guess I should ask this first, do you offer anything other than chiropractic? Do you do are you like a nutrition coach? Like you, what else do you like offer people in your practice? So I do offer, like I show them a lot of active rehab stuff in my office. Mm, I do do okay. nutrition sometimes, like I am certified in functional medicine, but it's mostly comes up in conversation, like in their history. And if they're mm. interested in doing it, like we talk about it, but that I wouldn't say that's like majority of my time because that can take just doing like a nutritional consult, like takes 30 minutes to an hour. So you have to separate time for that. Um, True. And I'm just so busy with just like the regular day-to-day patients. It's hard to mm-hmm. factor that in. Most of the time people who do that, like make that a full-time practice. Like they just do functional medicine. So it's more so like just to have another facet or like another toy in my box, like tool in my box. Yeah, 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 um, yep, exactly. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's why I wanted to ask you, I wanted to know what else you kind of had packaged up in the toolbox. So do you, um, in terms of like business, like Ascension, right? Ascension, we start here and we go here, we get them up here and here. Sorry, you went off camera. Um, do you have something that you use to like attract new patients in? Um, some sort of like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't, some people get weird out by like an offer per se, but some sort of like yeah. new patient, like special or oh, something that come in. Totally. Yeah. 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 We do have on Yelp, like 50% off. And like for Instagram, I always offer, if you found me on Instagram, I give you 50% off your first visit. Um, oh, nice. So I'm like always, I'm always trying to get the patient in the door because once they see, you know, what I do and the benefits of it and how they're, how they feel after it, then most of the time they're going to stay. Right. So I'm willing to give that, you know, discount to have them just come in the door. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Do you, this is something that um, I'm, I'm just curious <laughs> on how you do it too, because I'm just trying to gather more data from my own self and just learn. Um, do you do something like, do you call it something besides like a free consultation or do you have like a more like proprietary like name to it or what do you kind of go by? Well, we, Sometimes we'll offer what's called like a complimentary consult. Like we don't like to use the word free. Sure. Yep. Um, I love that. Like a, no, just like a, we just call it 50% off your first visit. Got you. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 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 And I think that's, and that's smart too, because getting people on Instagram and then when they come in the door, if they follow you, there you go. Now you're just kind of like leveraging. I tell people to do that with Google. So like if people come in the door, even if it's on their first visit, actually, this is something that I learned from a different gentleman. It's just like, I am going to ask him, I'm like, and I was going to ask you the same, but like when, uh, you know, how do you get referrals? Right. And he told me, he's like, I ask for referrals the second that they come in because that's when they're, they're emotionally attached to it. You know, that's when they want to have validation. They want to refer somebody else so that they feel like their process is valid. Right. Yeah. Um, which, which brings me to an interesting point. So like, how do you, um, approach like referrals? What's your method of asking for referrals? You know, what's that kind of look like for you? Um, well, I definitely ask, like, if you can review me on Google or Yelp, and I'll just, like, I send them the text link, like, nice. right there, but they're in there, nice. so they're like, okay, I have it, like, there's no excuse. I mean, you're not going to always get them to do it, you know, they'll say yes, and then they don't <laughs> do it, but for the most part, just, you know, asking them to share their experience so that other people can see, you know, find us as well and get the benefits mm-hmm. that you're getting, um, and then just ask 
asking people to tell their friends and family, like we also send out like a health pass, what's called, we call it a health pass. So it basically gives, you give it to a friend or family and they get a compliment, complimentary consult and exam. Interesting. So that's for the adjustment if they stay for everything. Yeah. So oh. Like we text them like a referral pass. So they. That's really smart, actually. Friends or family. Yeah. And that, what I like about that from both like um, the, you know, the Google and the Yelp side of things and the referral side of things is you're making it easy for them. You're just, yeah. you're, you're sending them a text. You're not saying, Hey, why don't you go on Google and search my business and, and then find a way to give us, you know what I mean? Like you're sending them the link. It's just exactly what I told people to do. It's like, send them the link. If you want it to happen, you're the obligated party to make it easy for them. Totally. I love yeah. that. That's it. And that's a real, I, you gave me a new idea on referrals. That's beautiful. That's a, I should have just thought about doing that for referrals, but that's, you know, that's why I talk to people like you, you know? So it's like, that's super, <laughs> that's really smooth actually. Um, so, and kind of a, so this is kind of like, we talked about acquisition a little bit there. So what do you do to get like your past patients in the door? Do you do any like text marketing? Do you do email marketing? What do you do just like weekly check-ins or how do you go about that? Um, we've done that in the past. Like, I think we still do like birthday emails. Um, okay. So it, like reminds people who haven't been in like, oh, we're still thinking of you. Um, we did try like if they haven't been in in three months or six months, we send them an email just checking in. But most of the time it's just calling them, like going sure. through a list of like past patients that you think that just maybe they forgot or just kind of fallen off and just giving them a call, like showing them that you care that you're checking in with them. That's amazing. I will, this the power of the phone call nowadays is just uh, it's undervalued, right? That's super interesting too. It's just because it's like it's a good excuse to just have a conversation. It's just like, hey, how you doing? You know what I mean? It's like like they know who you are, what you do, why you're calling. So it's just a means of having a conversation. You know, right? I love and that. sometimes even though text is amazing and like social media is amazing, we have lost some of that like communication. Mm -hmm. And so when they see an email or a text, they're probably just gonna like delete it or like they see it and they're going to forget about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those things where it's like, get them on the line. It's, hard. it's like they, in the email, they just swipe right and they delete, but it's hard to swipe right and delete when you're live with somebody on the phone, you know? Right. So it's just, and it's, it's a good excuse to dive like a lot, like deeper too. You know, I was always big in like, if you have a client and you're constantly exchanging like emails or you have talked to them a while, just like to your point, pick up the phone, give them a call. Like you're going to get so much more accomplished in those four minutes that you're on the phone with them than you would in 20 emails that you're sending back and forth. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. I love that. Um, all right. So I got a couple more for you here. This one might be, this is one I've asked a couple other people. So I want to ask you this too and see what you think. Um, and you can take this whatever way you, you want in terms of your answer. Okay. So what do you think that some, that most docs are doing wrong or inefficient that might be limiting their practice growth? So Essentially, if you've seen like a trend of docs that maybe are, you know, not using their time efficiently or maybe to your, to your example, they're maybe not using social to their full advantage. Like, what do you think is kind of limiting a lot of practitioners growth? I think like just not marketing in general. Like if you don't do any sort of online marketing, you are inhibiting yourself from so many people that could find you. Yeah. Because, that's Because you have a website or an email, like they still don't know where you are, or, like you're on Yelp, but. To, you need something to like show you're popping up more, whether it be like SEO or Facebook or Instagram. Because right. they want to, everyone now, um, especially with social media, they want to see you before they come in. Like, what does this person look like? And um, 
how comfortable am I going to feel? Or are they nice? Like surprisingly people look at everything. For sure. And I think people can't, you know, it's just because there's so much just like data and information out there. You know, that's, it's funny that you say that too. It's just like, you know, when I'm talking to you, there's a part of me just from going on your Instagram, but it feels like I already kind of like know you, you know, I have no idea actually like really who you are as a person, but like, I know kind of what you stand for and kind of how you approach your professional, you know? So it's like, it's interesting too, because it's like, that's just a massive means of building trust over and over. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure people have said the same thing to you. They come, probably came in. They're like, I feel like I already know you already. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's like it's Especially it's so with Instagram because it's been mm-hmm. this past year and it's still so weird. I saw you on Instagram, like that's right, yeah. come in or something like that. And I'm like, oh gosh, what did you see? But yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, it's I feel like it's almost always a good thing too. It's like they've taken action to come see you. You know, outside of social. You know, I always say that like social media is just like a modern day phone book. You know. It's literally like it's a modern day phone book. Like what you choose to do with it is what you will. You know, if you want to sit and stare at the pages in the phone book and not actually like to call anyone or take any action, then that's all you're going to get is pages, you know. But if you want to engage and you want to have conversations, then like that's what you're going to get. You're going to get more ROI. And then patients do like um, and then they'll start following me. Patients who are already in the door and they didn't know about my Instagram refer them to like certain videos and then they start following me. And they'll bring up, oh, I saw your story. You went out. So it's like they already know what I'm doing. Right, right, right. It's just a, it's, it's a good way to keep everybody up. You know, it's like take one video, take one story. And it's like now I updated the whole crew without having to send out 20,000 texts. You know, mm-hmm. that's the crazy part of it, too. It's like and that's one thing I guess we haven't even t- we didn't even touch on, really. But the power of like multiplying your time, you know, you being able to make one video and hit all of your current patients plus a bunch of other random people too that may not know of you or are learning about you currently and you only had to make one video you know so it's just a, a time multiplier like crazy yeah yeah definitely. um so this is kind of like my eyes two i guess two more questions here one of them should be quick though um, i don't want to take up too much of your time um what's your thought and you kind of talked on this what's your thought on like speaking engagements and do you do them frequently um, so I've haven't done that many. I've done a few. I think they're great, like to build for personally for me to build my confidence talking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just haven't seen benefits like unless you do them really frequently and at different places that you're getting patients. I'm sure people do well in them, but I personally haven't heard of amazing things from public speaking other than like it helps you build your confidence and maybe you get one patient from it maybe mm-hmm. right because yeah. so, sometimes people feel so pressured when they're in your presence that they just like get out of there super quick and they don't stay right um, that's true too i might i so what i did notice sometimes that does work i recently tried um partnering with one of these yoga studios called core power and i come a little bit earlier and i do like a few like uh free consults with a few people like hands-on talk to them then I take the class with them so they see that I actually practice what I preached then I stay after for a little bit see a few people and I've gotten surprisingly a few people from that so I think it's like engaging with people just like when I I have a gym that I work out at and just sometimes talking to people and then people knowing that I'm a Cairo and gets around so I've gotten people from the gym as well that's so legit like a community but that's, that's legit I love that just like Instagram took time. It's like 
you're growing your brand organically. You're not just trying to do a quick, like, get as many people as you can. Yeah. And that stuff, you know, it's one of those things too, where it's like, you know, there's no, if you want to grow the right way and you want to grow organically and you want to build like an actual deep brand, it's going to take time. I mean, you can grow hack your way to 20,000 followers in a matter of weeks. Like there's no doubt you can do that, you know, but at the same time, it's like, okay, why would you want to have 20,000 followers if you're getting, you know, one like on your photo, two likes on your photo, 10 likes on your photo, 50 likes on your photo for 20,000 followers. Like you have to make sure that the yeah. engagement and, and like the, ever <laughs> right exactly that's all, and that well said too so it's like you have all these numbers but they're not actually attributing to actual bottom line revenue you know yeah and and or to like a better point that's not my business brain talking is the actual just being able to help more people you know so yeah. it's like it's all it's like what's all the followers worth if you can't actually like help those people you know and they don't even know who you really are right exactly yeah, yeah. i love that it was a, it was really cool i think it was like last year um because I, what I do, I'm usually helping people in my office. I never thought I could help people outside of my office that maybe don't live close enough or can come in, but looking at these videos help them. And someone once posted, I was able to do this like bike, bike ride that I never, that I haven't been able to do in so long because of injuries and these videos that Dr. Casey did help me. And I never even knew this person. So that's so legit. So it's, it's kind of cool to see like the, full picture of everything at the end too like you never actually know like who all you're like impacting just by creating some 60 second video you know yeah and most people are nervous to like just do it and mm -hmm. i was too but you just have to start that's it that's it i tell people all the time when i first started making videos on linkedin too it was kind of like the same how i'm not as consistent as i once was but it's like i just try to do it every day you know and just try to even on the weekends you know if you felt and if you fall a little short of your seven day goal, then probably you still hit like four or five, which is better than if you set a low goal anyway to only do like one a week, you know? So just be consistent yeah. with it and you're gonna get better and better and it's gonna become so much more like natural too. Yeah. That's legit. Yeah. Uh, so I have one more question, but I, I wanna uh, revisit one thing you, you said right before that, which is you work out at the gym and you've been able to get patience from that or build relationships from that, right? That's something that we like, I preach like heavily and I wanna kind of just reiterate it because it's in context here. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of like the concept of what we call the dream 100, right? So the dream 100 is like this list of 100 people, whether that's local people, probably in your case, local people, which would probably be other business owners that have potential patients. And one of your old, like the whole goal of outreaching to them is to do what you just described, to build a relationship with them, to get to know them and eventually like gain access to like, you know, their, what we call online is traffic, which would just be like, if they're a gym, it's their members. If they're a yoga studio, it's their members there, you know? And so I'm I'm saying this because I want people to hear that. Listen, is like, that's a big strategy that like you're using that a lot of people are underutilizing is not building those local relationships to the point where it's like, okay, now Dr. Casey, you have this relationship with the gym owner. So now when they're thinking, somebody comes to them and they're like, oh man, my back has just been like killing me. First thing that pops in their head, Dr. Casey, boom. You just got yourself, you know what I mean? So it's just like you getting people, somebody else is sending you patience without you really having to do anything other than hold down like one fundamental relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. I love that, yeah. I just wanted to like kind of like go into like context on that too because that's something I talk about like indirectly like a lot in this group, but I think you had kind of had like a good reference there. Um, so last question I have for you. Um, let's see here. Uh, I think kind of time out. All right. So this is kind of a big picture question too. 
So what do you think was the biggest risk you ever took in your career? And did it play out? Um, well, I guess for one of them was Instagram. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I did work with someone to help me build Instagram and understand it and know how to do hashtags and engage and how to create content and kind of find my voice in it and helping me edit the video. So like shelling out, you know, that, you know, some, you know, when people say like, you got to spend money to make money. So right. that at first was a little bit, I was nervous for sure. Cause mm-hmm. that was my first real big um, marketing endeavor where I had to, you know, shell out all this money. Cause I've tried other things too, that maybe were free or not that expensive. And this was something that I'd had to at least give, you know, a good six months. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely paid off. Like I've seen the growth, not just from getting patients in the door and not just getting followers, but like working, collaborating with other people, meeting awesome people like you and um, trainers or other chiropractors um, and just having more conversations and, you know, growing that way too and learning and that kind of stuff as well. And um, then the other risk I would say is I just partnered into the fourth office that we have here. So that's been a big risk and like still kind of scary. So I'm still in that, like, it's still slowly growing phase. So learning about how to build a business basically from scratch. Yeah. I love that. Did you, did you ever feel like, I guess I'm asking you another question. Sorry. Did you, did you ever feel like you were going to always run your own practice when you were going to school? Is that was always your goal or that kind of just happened? I think it kind of just happened. I wasn't really. That's how it is. First, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought there's a lot more I can learn, and I definitely wanted to like learn from other mentors and grow with someone that you know would help. Because I always thought like working in a group practice is great because if you have to leave or if you want to go on vacation, you know sometimes patients will leave and they're going to go see another chiropractor and then they may not come back. So Mm -hmm. if you have like a team of people here that you guys all work together, I don't see the big deal of like them seeing your partner or your other colleague within your practice. Interesting. So I think that's been a big thing too, like working with other people and you're always learning. I think if I was by myself, it would be harder because you get kind of stuck in your mindset and you think like your way is the right way. But sometimes you need to look at from another person's perspective maybe like that patient didn't like this or maybe wants it a different way or maybe you need to explain it a different way and the way they explained it made sense to them and why. So you're always growing, you're always learning. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that same thing. It's like sometimes you get too caught in like your own way. It's just like kind of being like siloed in somewhere, you know, so it's just good to have those other looks on stuff too. I love that. So uh, it sounds like the the risk overall played off for you, which is awesome. And uh, like you said, you got a chance to meet some really cool people too. I mean, that was my experience on social media too. It's just a means of, just a means of connecting each other. You know, that's all I like to call it. The modern day phone book. That's what I always call it. Yeah, I like that. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. I mean, you gave us 42 minutes of your time. So I appreciate that. Like I said, I learned some of stuff myself and I know this will be valuable for all the listeners as well. So where can people find you if they want more information for you? I'll tag out your Instagram, um, but if they want more information, where can they go? So yeah, they can go to my Instagram, Dr. Casey Cairo, or on my Facebook, Dr. Casey Lowy DC, um, which is also on my Instagram, or you can look at my website, drcaseycairo.com. 
kind of try to keep it sim simple, Dr. Casey Kendo yep. for everything. Nice, smart, and cool. Yeah, I'll. Dr. Casey. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube. Cool. I'll actually um I'll edit this because I actually have like a caption technically with this post, but I'll edit it and I'll put in all your links out there so people can come and find you oh. too. Cool. Well, I, um, I appreciate uh, your time. Like I said, I learned a lot and uh, I, like I said, I'm just more, more than honored that you gave us uh, 40 minutes of your time to share some wisdom with us. It was great talking to you. Yeah. I appreciate it, Dr. Casey. We'll talk to you soon. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I really hope you're able to grab some actionable information that you can take and run with for your own business. If we missed any of your questions or if you have anything you want us to discuss in an upcoming episode, shoot us an email at chiropracticmarketingsecrets at gmail.com. That's chiropracticmarketingsecrets at gmail.com. And if you enjoyed the episode, please, please, please share it with somebody who might be able to benefit from it. Your support means the world to us.